0: that we want to integrate with bank accounts Um, so that's the first next big feature so that means that you build your budget and you build your financial model but you want to keep track if you're actually um, you know doing well with that budget
1: hello and welcome to the digital spaceship podcast a marketing journal hosted by blue drop studio co-founder anna rowinska and myself omar juman This podcast has one vision, and that is to educate, inform, and inspire others who are trying to build their tech brand. Tune in and listen to us chat ideation, marketing, scaling, and everything in between with up-and-coming entrepreneurs, stakeholders, and investors in tech startups across the world. We'll be diving into the details and also hearing about the journey. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode.
2: In this episode, we're speaking with Sarah co-founder and CEO at Canary. Canary is a software platform helping early-stage companies understand their future finances better, ultimately helping more entrepreneurs succeed.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Digital Spaceship Podcast. Today we're talking to Sarah from Canary. Uh, Lovely to have you on the show, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Yeah, give us a, a bit of an introduction to yourself and what you guys are up to over at Canary.
0: Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm excited to be here and and talk to you guys. Awesome. Um, So in in short, Canary is a platform for early stage companies. um, And we really want to help them understand their future finances. So it's not bookkeeping and accounting, but rather we work with financial modeling and forecasting. um, Specifically for scalable startups that are in the process of fundraising and have no clue about how they're going to convince investors about their solid financial plans.
1: Awesome. Good stuff. So how long ago was it um, that you founded Canary?
0: Yeah. So um, the idea is, is sort of, I guess, 18 months now. Um, I joined the team in October. So mm-hmm. I was hired in as, as CEO and co-founder and have obviously shaped the, the company quite a bit. Um, but yeah, so so almost a year now.
1: Cool. And you mentioned co-founder. So do you have, um, I mean, what other roles uh, do your co-founders take
0: Yeah, so actually, um, my co-founders are, it's kind of a different setup, because they actually run a financial advisory firm. And so um, they're not full time on the team, but they kind of act as as a financial backbone uh, as such. And then, obviously, I have a have a CTO and and our product team as it is right now.
1: Awesome. So jumping into sort of investment, then, um, Mm -hmm. have you guys been invested up to this point?
0: Yeah, so we've raised uh, 500K on, uh, to date um, over two, two, three rounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, I mean, with COVID and everything, it's, it's sort of not um, gone exactly to plan just because I think everyone was panicking back in March. But yeah. I'm really happy that we managed to, to pull through and, and had really good support from our current investors.
1: Incredible. That's that's really good. Good to hear. Um, so, talking a little bit about the team, then. Um, mm-hmm. So, you mentioned you've got some co-founders, you've got a CTO and stuff like that. So, when yeah. when you joined um, mm-hmm. as co-founder and CEO, what did the the landscape look like internally? You know, what what sort of positions were filled at that point?
0: Um, so, at that point, um, Andre, who was sort of leading up the effort uh, at that time, was sort of, I guess, de facto CEO. Um, and they had found Remy, who was the first developer on the project. Um, and so we worked with an external agency to help build the first version of the product. So the MVP, um, Mm -hmm. and the idea was that when I then came on board, we decided to take everything in-house just because I feel that's, you know, outsourcing is a great way to get off the ground and sort of get something that works and you can test, but as soon as you can see that there's, you know. Maybe not early traction, but you can see that there's an interest and there's a basis for, for developing a, a more solid product. I think it's better to, to take it in-house. And so that's what we did.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, and, and comparing it from then to now, um, what, you know, how many departments have been built up internally? You know, have you guys made many more hires since then?
0: Um, so we've hired, um, as I said, our CTO came on board and we've hired a um, UI, so a UX engineer, um obviously myself, so I feel like I'm both HR and marketing and <laughs> um every, everything else. And everything
2: else, right? Everything
0: else. Yeah. So uh we're currently in the process of hiring a head of growth, um, because we cool. can now see that we have that that early um sort of proof of concept it's, it's solid and we, we really want to get more users on board to um to show that we can grow the company as well. Um, and that's partly also taking, you know, tasks off of my my plate to um, yeah. So I can focus on fundraising and, and building the business.
1: Absolutely. Cool. So you mentioned that briefly MVP. Um, so mm-hmm. let's talk about that for a second. So how long um, between, I guess, the, the company being founded um, mm-hmm. and the first version of the MVP uh, that was released, you know, how long did that take?
0: So, yeah, so I wasn't, you know, into the details of that. But as far as I know, I think they built an MVP in three months. Um, okay. And then that was sort of tested, so it wasn't, you know, pushed to uh, lots of users and sort of live, um, but but it was tested with a small group of users. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Cool. Oh, that's that's really interesting. I mean, three months is is pretty quick to to yeah. sort of churn out an MVP. So that's yeah, yeah pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, all right, awesome. So, of course, at this point, you're hiring ahead of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be interesting to talk about that a little bit. Then, so sure. you know, from from your point of view. What are the, going to be the responsibilities for this, this head of growth role? What does that mean to you guys over at Canary?
0: Yeah, so the framework that I use is um, Pirate Metrics, so uh, the AARRR. Um, mm-hmm. And that is really the ownership of this person will have to focus on all of those metrics. So right now our key focus should be on acquisition uh, because that's also a chance to, to increase revenue. Um, but obviously we can't just grow the user base if they never come back. That doesn't make any sense. So there is a responsibility also to focus on, um, retention and and people coming back and, um, how happy are the users with the product? So, uh, definitely someone who has an understanding of, uh, product led growth. uh, Mm And that's, that's really the key. Um, and who can work closely with the, with the product team as well.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm touching on branding, then, um, yeah. so so taking a sort of a, a step forward in the conversation. Of course, you guys have a really cool um, branding identity. I love the the little canary. <laughs> I, I, I assume it's a canary. It's a canary. Um, yeah, awesome, yeah. and uh, that, that's really cool. So, when did you guys get that um, created?
0: Uh, So that was actually created by um, Nashisha our UI uh, engineer Um, Mm -hmm. so he's done all of the branding Um, so we've been through a couple of iterations with the name as well Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it was important that when he came on board that you know we had a sense of we want to make this our company and he's obviously done all of the design on the website and and the logos and and also the the product as, as it is and yeah, it just looks great. And we always get so many compliments, um, for it. And I think it's important, especially when you're a finance uh, tool, you have to be a little cheeky and bright colors definitely help. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Wicked. Um, and uh, okay. So up to this date, um, of course you guys are hiring a growth manager, uh, sorry, a head of Mm -hmm. growth. Um, but have you done any sort of marketing up to this point at all?
0: Um, a bit. So most of the users that we've acquired so far have been, um, network or referrals. Uh, so we've been working with sort of a, a wait list sign up and then we've, we've sent invites sort of, um, in batches to, to control how many people were actually on the product at any given time. Yeah. Um, and so now we're, we're sort of getting rid of the, the waiting list. And now we really have to test out which channels are most useful for us. Um, We've tested a little bit with content, which has been um, probably the stuff that has been leading most signups so far. So mm-hmm. um, just writing really good blog posts about not just finance related stuff, but also startups in general and keeping people engaged in, in how we're developing the company as well. Um, yeah, so we have lots of ideas, but it's, it's yeah, we need to test, you know, exactly what we'll be. Mm-hmm helpful
2: for us and uh, in terms of content creation then so mm-hmm. if um, you mentioned that you guys are doing some content even testing ideas yeah out based on the content so um, how do you go about creating it do you have do you work with freelancers to to create articles or posts or is that someone internally who has this uh, responsibility at the moment
0: yes so internally um, or so far we've done most of it internally uh, so Everyone, I think everyone on the team have actually written content. Um, some of us are obviously better than than others or it comes more natural uh, for some of us. But um, yeah, and then we worked with a really good uh, sort of marketing intern who've picked our brains and, and put out content. Um, one of the things we did that were much faster and easier for us is that my, my co-founder, Andrew, and I have tried to do like videos where we just sort of talk like like we're doing right now um mm-hmm. which is faster because it's just we have a topic we know sort of roughly what we want to discuss but it just comes across much more naturally and you know then then we've asked um our marketing intern to just transcribe what we're saying basically mm-hmm. so then you both have a video format and you have
2: blog posts and you can sort of optimize your search engine as well so yeah that's that's a brilliant good. trick yeah that's <laughs> hitting two, yeah. two birds with one stone right yeah pun intended um <laughs> and so <laughs> in terms of um in terms of learnings then from that content so if you were testing out different um topics and things like that mm-hmm. um did that then inform any decisions that you had regarding the product i mean the learnings from the engagement with that content or anything else in terms of the growth of the of the company and the business
0: um yes yeah, so i guess it's all sort of one big learning loop when you're at this stage um we could definitely see that the content around so we did a few videos on unit economics which is a very specific part of sort of yeah startup finance i guess that that's not common knowledge um that has been some of the most um you know, shared videos and it's been viewed um, most times. So we knew that there was definitely interest for that aspect. Um, So that's something that we're prioritizing in the roadmap as well um, in the product. So we already have unit economics, but we wanna sort of create a bigger, or more engaging way of, of learning about unit economics in the product as well.
2: Awesome. Great. And that just speaks to the wealth of uh, knowledge and, and understanding of the startup sort of landscape from, from your end, I think. And I had to look at your LinkedIn and, and it seems like you've been involved in that sort of space for for a while. So could you tell us a little bit yeah. more about that actually? So, um, you know, how did you stumble into this whole startup uh, scene and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how did yeah, you, how that led, yeah, <laughs> got stuck, right, for good, um, how how did that sort of led you to now be leading Canary? Yeah, it's a good question,
0: Um, so I think the, the one sort of point in my life where I can definitely point to is that um, when I was 16, I was part of a company program, so it's run by an organization called Junior Achievement, and that means you're sort of forced to go through this process where you start your own company. Um, And so, so we did and we started a company and it was really fun. And, you know, we got to the national finals, you know, it's a competition and I was really engaged, but I think it was the first time where I felt that I was allowed to be ambitious and I was, um, I felt at home in a way to, you know, there's lots of skills that you have to acquire to build a company. And it, it just I don't know, I was just sort of swept up in it. Um, and it was the first time where I also realized, okay, I, I'm ambitious and I can be ambitious by building companies. I don't have to go into a big corporate and sort of work my way up the ladder and fit into these boxes. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of how I, I started the first company. And then through university, I was part of starting another company. And then um, I ended up doing an internship in San Francisco through university, which was obviously, you know, the, <laughs> the hype of startups are in, in Silicon Valley. So it was it was wow. a great inspiration to go there. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I had sort of a short stint as a, as a management consulting after I finished university, which was a really good learning experience. And, and especially as a CEO, you know, there's, there's so many skills that you require in, in that type of job. But the sort of culture was very competitive and very... Um, it just wasn't me. I didn't, I didn't want to be put in those boxes and sort of have to um, get up the ladder and, and otherwise it was out. So yeah, I did that for two years and then I decided to start my last company and ran that for almost four years. and. Wow yeah that's incredible so <laughs> that's and like here we are really,
2: yeah. and here we are yeah yeah understanding yeah, so. the journey very very deeply that's incredible yeah. and i think it's um it's brilliant that um it, the sort of founding members and and the c c level sort of members are contributing with the content because it's of course so important to really develop the product and uh and learn and really show that you know you know what you're talking about so that's brilliant yeah. and in terms of um creating that content. <laughs> From now on, and now that you're gonna look into hiring a uh, head of growth, mm. so um, you have pointed out that you guys have built an MVP industry with an help of external partners and then build out yeah. a team internally. So yes. is that the plan for marketing as well?
0: Um, it will basically be up to head of growth how that person wants to run the team. I don't really. I don't micromanage in that way Um, but I can imagine that it would make sense to definitely work with a copywriter um, externally and uh, perhaps some search engine optimization and yeah there are loads of things that you can do with with brilliant people who are specialists in in certain areas Um, but it all depends on the the person we get on board and what their own skills are Um, Mm -hmm. I mean obviously the person we look at are more sort of t-shaped skills so it's a wide set of skills but maybe not experts in everything and that's kind of what we need right now yeah absolutely
1: cool so taking a step forward then so let's talk a little bit about sort of scaling and roadmap for the future um Mm -hmm. so i think we've established you know you guys are sort of at this point where you're bringing on a head of growth and you're going to be exploring marketing activities moving forward but talking a little bit more um about canary and the the product itself so so what's coming up um on the roadmap
0: yeah, good question. There's there's so many things we want and we're getting so many um, feature requests as well. So the big next step is that we want to integrate with bank accounts. Um, so that's the first next big feature. So that means that you build your budget and you build your financial model, but you want to keep track if you're actually, um, you know, doing well with that budget. So integrating it directly with bank accounts mean that you can compare that in real time. Um, there are lots of sort of Accounting software that does similar things, but there's always a delay until maybe a bookkeeper have have updated the bookkeeping system or the accounting system, um, and sometimes that can take you know three months until you do your VAT return. So we really yeah. want to create that insight so any founder or CEO can go in and say what does it look like today, um, and don't have to spend ages manipulating Excel spreadsheets. Um, but beyond that, um, we so when we started we. We thought that this wouldn't be a product that, um, you know, finance people or CFOs would actually be interested in. But we've been proven wrong in the sense that we're actually getting a lot of requests from financial advisors, CFOs, um, finance managers um, for several reasons. So one is that um, a lot of them don't actually understand potentially how to fundraise and the questions that they get from investors. If you have an accounting background, that's not the same thing. so that's something we can help with. Uh, the other thing is that, you know, it can be much more engaging to look at a product like ours that, you know, are well-designed, there are, um, you know, cool graphs and so on and, and use that to communicate to the rest of management rather than having this big massive Excel spreadsheet that, you know, you have to scroll through and, and you kind of get dizzy looking at. Um, So we definitely want to make the product more advanced so it also caters to later stage companies and and even finance um, managers as well
1: wicked i i think it's incredibly important for you know tech startups and especially in this landscape as soon as they hit the market with their product or their initial sort of versions and iterations and mvps to be able to understand exactly who's interested in the product it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily who you you know, first think is going to be written yeah. down on paper. You know, um, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: and and make changes based on that, and especially within the product. Once people come in, you know, understanding what people need, what people mm-hmm. want, what would be mm-hmm. a nice to have, what would be a must have um, to continue sort of paying for these these products. So, yeah, yeah I think I think that's incredible. Um, all right, then. So, you know, looking at your journey specifically Mm -hmm. um over the past few years with with i guess startups in general um and also canary um you know for for some of the audience who are maybe thinking about starting their own uh company or maybe they're in a startup at the moment they're building something as we speak um you know what are some of the the pieces of advice you could give based on i guess the experiences and and maybe some of the problems that you've faced over the, the years yeah
0: all, all of the mistakes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, there are In, there in are 30 seconds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, yeah, I mean, there are, there are so many. Um, where to start? I think one of the sort of high-level things that I've worked a lot with is the confidence. Um, mm-hmm. And I've spoken to a lot of founders, and it might be more of a female founder thing, maybe not. Um, but definitely having the confidence to you know be coachable but still be confident in the the decisions that you make and and believing in yourself and believing in your team and believing in the idea. Um, because you will get so many no's as an entrepreneur that sometimes you just have to let it bounce off and not listen. And sometimes you have to listen. So it's it's a balance of figuring out which people should I be listening to, which advice should I take on board and, and what shouldn't I. Um, and so yeah, with the ups and downs, I feel like that's becoming much easier in this company, especially to 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 figure out what I take on board and what I don't and, and have confidence in my own skills, my own ability to to move the company to where we want it to go. Um and which is you know apparent when because we're we're doing everything at, at a much faster speed than I've done in any of my other companies. So I think that's sort of a testament to we now have the experience on board this company to, to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Cool. So uh, of course, being a, a sort of a, a co-founder and CEO um, sometimes it can be somewhat isolating, especially towards the earlier steps of the journey.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, do you have any, or, or did you ever join any sort of communities or or groups that, um, where you could either just get advice, maybe mentorship or possibly even share your experiences and, and help other people out? Like, were you a part of any of those types of groups at all?
0: Yeah. So um, I've been part of, of starting up a, a women in tech group for for sort of female founders. So that was a really good network um, to have. And especially uh, when I was younger, now mm-hmm. I try to definitely give back to, to people who reach out to me as well. I'm always happy to, to have a coffee and You know, just ping pong ideas and share the ups and downs that there always are. Um, And I still do. You know, it's it's great to have a group of founders that you can call, not just for business related stuff, but also uh, how do I deal with you know what it means to be a founder entrepreneur in my personal life? Because you do give up certain things, and how do your family and friends respond to that? That's not always easy. Um, But I would say. Definitely, the closer you can get good people around you. So maybe not your team, but if you have good investors or a good board or an advisory board, that's definitely the best because they're more engaged and and sort of into the details of, of the company. And um, that's really what I feel the difference between my last company at Canary is that the people we have in my, in the board now, I really feel like they're making me a better CEO. For the way that they interact and the questions they ask, um, so I think that would be that would be another advice and, and something that I definitely noticed a difference about.
1: Cool, and, and I just sort of wanted to, to jump back a little bit actually. Yeah. So just talking a little bit about um, Canary again. So, you know, for you guys, what is it? I had two questions. What is it? Yeah. The the main problem that you guys are solving um, mm-hmm. as Canary, and yeah. the, the sort of the the leading from that question would be, you know, who is it exactly that you're, you're sort of solving it for? It'd yeah. be really interesting to hear that.
0: Yeah, so um, the problem we're solving is that a lot of founders don't have finance experience and very few founders have fundraising experience. And to fundraise, you need a financial plan. You need a financial model. And so the options out there right now is that there are free Excel templates, but they're not very helpful and Even if you figure out how to fill them in and put in your numbers, you have no clue if those numbers are correct. The other end of the scale is that you pay someone a ton of money to build it for you. Uh, So someone who is really smart with numbers. The problem with that is that then you get this massive Excel spreadsheet back and you have no clue what's in it. So when you sit in the investor meeting and you have this Excel spreadsheet, you have no idea what to say and how you actually walk them through it. and plus your assumptions will probably change every week. So you have to keep your financial model up to date. Um, I mean, I, I still do, even though we're, we're a year old and, and we probably will be doing that for years to come. So we want to be in that middle where, you know, we want to be able to help um, founders do a financial model fast. But what we also do in the product is that we analyze the numbers that you put in. So we can say, Oh, here is something that looks off compared to industry standards or perhaps what um, Investors would be looking for. So here are three ways. You can you can improve it Um, So that's really what we want to do and and with time we know that we can also show benchmarks So where where do you lie in comparison to other companies in your industry or at your stage? Um, and so right now we build the product for anywhere from ideal stage to I would say sort of series a um that's a complexity we can handle right now but obviously that will expand as we grow the product um and, and so i think based on the conversations we've had with people is that we've realized that this financial modeling um circus is also an issue for the investors um so they obviously get lots of you know terrible models, I've heard them say. So, you know, when I have investor calls, they will say, oh, I know a lot of founders who could really use this. So, I think that's a pain point for investors as well and something that we're actually looking into. How can we build a two-sided platform that can also help on that side? Um, And especially, you know, imagine accelerators who get 5,000 applicants at once and they will get 5,000 different Excel spreadsheets that they have to sift through um, there's no way that they can decipher all of that information and, and assess who's, who's investable or scalable, and, but we would be able to do that with our platform.
2: So a massive thank you to Canary for speaking to us. You can find them online at canary.co. That's Canary with double E at the end.
1: You're listening to the Digital Spaceship Podcast, a marketing journal by Blue Drop Studio, a digital marketing and creative content agency based in London, UK. We're on a mission to grow the tech brands of tomorrow with creative content and social media advertising. Check us out on LinkedIn and bluedropstudio.com or hit us up on social at HeyBluedrop on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Your hosts are at Anna Rawinska and at Omar K. Juman. If you want to talk about digital marketing for your brand, drop us a line at hello at bluedropstudio.com. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.